Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Hour two on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. We'll get into some NFL talk as well as... More college basketball talk, I'm guessing, on this text line. Our poll of the day, talking about the best foreign player in NBA history. Send that one in, 512-447-3776. We got some coaching NFL news that came out before the show, so we'll talk about that. And Jerry Jones, I'll get you a little clip of Jerry Jones. Just if, if you've forgotten, you know, forgotten that the Cowboys exist, if you've been trying to put that deep down in your subconscious that that's a thing, then you know we'll ruin that for you today. Uh, here on hour two of the sports complex, let's get back to the text line for a minute. Uh, we'll hit that for a second, then we'll go talk some NFL. And we'll come right back to it. How about that? But I told you, Chan, uh, right before the break, he asked the question: uh, When the threes weren't falling in the first half, why didn't our players get closer to shoot the basketball? Do they have a self check mechanism or self awareness? I'm asking. Never play basketball competitively. The reality uh, of why the team was having so much problems moving the ball closer, getting to the rim, getting to the paint, uh, or just getting past the three point line. Uh, were a couple things. One, when they were setting screens, you're normally used to getting a little bit of space on a screen. They were trapping off of the screens, and they trap well. They're Houston does really well. If you play really good uh, defensive basketball, you have a lot of footwork and staying in your stance enough that there's no real room to move around where if you're going to get past, there's going to be some contact, and you have to hope that you're, you're going to hold on to the ball well enough and you're going to either get the call if you fall over or if the ball comes loose. And a lot of times you don't necessarily want to take that risk. So they were doing that, and they were having good pressure out on the perimeter, but a lot of it was those traps off the screen that Texas wasn't ready to deal with uh, to just find the guy. They got better at rolling on that, but a lot of times the players just weren't ready to make that pass. And by the end of the clock, you would get down to it, and they didn't feel they could make the, the move down low. Uh, I think you just kind of have to lower your shoulder a little bit and get pushed in there. Uh, that's not necessarily the – that's not Max Aismas is what he's – that's not his game. Uh, we saw him make the cut at the end. They did a better job of getting – moving on everything and not waiting for plays to develop. When they were waiting for things to happen, they would get caught and get pushed back more. They did a much better job in the second half of continuing to push the action themselves, uh, and that put them in a better position to find a guy, uh, find a cutter, find something of that uh, effect – to allow them to be able to get some points going in the second half and raise up that uh, that field goal percentage because they were getting much heavier looks. Because if you're getting trapped, it means that somebody's wide open. So you just have to find a way to get there, and there will be mismatches off of that. And there's, there's ways to exploit that. There's a reason not every team does that because when you do it, you're taking a big risk. Texas just didn't get into it because the intensity wasn't up. That, you know, if you, in the first half, if that happens a couple times and you basically push your way through it, uh, you're going to get through a lot of those. They're going to stop doing it. Texas didn't want to push through early on. Again, that was because IT Horton and and Max A. Smith come from schools where you don't do that as much. 
Uh, and I don't think they did it to the level they needed to in this game early on. Uh, they went back to the locker room. I'm sure Rodney Terry, you know, he's talked about this before, about showing him footage at halftime, and he may have shown him stuff and go, look, I'll show you how open. There's three guys open when you get the ball right here, and then you stop and you let the defense reset, and then you try and start over. You can't let the defense reset because it puts Texas in such a bad position. That happened a lot in the first half. They were much better about it in the second half. Uh, another text, Bevo Angel says, best foreign player, uh, NBA player was Manu Ginobili. Team guy came off the bench with crazy leg energy, uh, scored points, and played defense and was clutch late in games, not to mention how durable he was. Perfect role player from the Spurs championship dynasty team and has the rings to prove it. I'm with you. I think Manu is up there on that list. I'm not going to say he's the best. I think in his prime, he was pretty. He was he was close in his prime. Uh, the problem was he came over a little bit later, took him a little bit to develop, and by the time he got there, he was playing on the bench, and he was playing with two other Hall of Fame players, so he never really got to shine at that top level where he was the guy. Uh, so I, I'm not going to put Manu atop my my list of best foreign players, but I am a huge, huge Manu Ginobili fan. <laughs> Texas sends in a gif of uh, Clint Eastwood saying, get off of my lawn. Uh, yeah, that's, that's somewhat me. I don't wear my pants as high as Clint Eastwood. I haven't gotten to that age yet. You'll say DCM. I do not know what DCM means. So someone ought to fill me in on what that acronym is. I am not sure about that one. Dexter says last night, uh, the Longhorns had all the opportunities to win the game last night, even after getting bullied on the boards. The turnovers and the end regulation was a killer. We had opportunity to take the last shot, and low basketball IQ kicks in. RT would have had preferred to pull it out uh, if you don't have an uncontested layup. We have to start playing smarter. They are playing harder, making it... Uh, but still making poorly timed mistakes. He needs dogs, grown men in the post that fight for everything. That's what the U of H has, everything, even in the young players. And I can tell you, I, I will tell you straight up, if Texas tried to put together a team like Houston, Texas fans would revolt because they're not necessarily a lot of fun to watch. And if you get a bunch of six, seven guys and go in there and play hard, it's just not, it's not fun basketball to watch a lot of times. It works, and you can go well, but we'll see if Houston's able to do it in the playoffs. Right now, LJ Cryer is playing not great offensively. Like Sheed is playing pretty decently offensively, but the rest of those offensive players aren't playing well enough for them to make a run in the tournament right now. If they start hitting their shots, then anything's possible. But that's not a – as well as Houston is, is what they can do, especially in the regular season, it may not constitute because if you get calls in a game where they start calling you for fouls, you're out of the tournament in one game. So there, you do need a little bit more finesse if you're trying to be that team. Uh, I think RT is not going to be that guy either. Uh, and, and, yeah, there's going to be mistakes. It's college basketball. I don't know if there is a team in college basketball who is, who is not a mistake that doesn't make mistakes. And does, it, they're, they're 21, 22-year-old kids. It is, and, I mean, the NBA, it is too. Uh, I know it's annoying, and I know it's frustrating. Uh, you want to limit them. Uh, but that was – but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be as mad about that one. Uh, of the the last thing like Kendall Weaver when he made that pass it sucks but I also know Kendall Weaver will make way more good plays for Texas than bad ones and I'll have the foresight to not you know to not kick him out of school for for one bad play where it, it sucks but you're gonna have to move on from that one Dexter Akeem Olajuwon the best Akeem's up there Akeem is definitely up there on the list uh from Nigeria Akeem Olajuwon didn't play start playing basketball until he was like 14 or so I think. And then, of course, all those guys are like seven footers and they're like, uh, yeah, you should probably play basketball. Might change your life. Uh, my man Nate says, uh, Dirk, I was born in 1980, waited so long for 2011. Luca has no chance anytime soon with this team or, or Luke Longley. 
Uh, I'm, I don't think Luke Longley's going to get up there. I don't know if he's going to make my list. I don't know if Luke Longley can pass the guys who have won MVPs in the league recently. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to beat that. Uh, but no, but it, when Dirk meant to, to, and that's the question is too. It's like, it's the, for Mavs fans, you're like, what sentimentally Dirk meant for this team versus what Luca means, which is great, but it doesn't necessarily like he's on that edge where I don't know the team you build around Luca. I don't know if it's like, it's feasible to build that team in 2024 of the Michael Jordan team of, Hey man, we need everyone who can hit every single shot. When you when you get it, you're going to get three shots a game. That's it. And we need you to play hardcore defense. And if not, Luca's going to punch you. Like, I don't know if you can build that team in 2024. And that's kind of what guys like Trey young and Luka Doncic and those guys who want to be bulk scorers. It's really hard to have a bulk scorer, a bulk, a bulk shooter win NBA championships, especially uh, consistently. Because it's just you're playing against the odds that bulk shooting will give you you're gonna you're gonna come up short enough that it's gonna be a problem, and that's what I it's constant that's that's one of those problems with Luca and Dirk was never really bulk and they added other people and he would pass the ball and he'd get his assist I think Luca gets his assist and he gets he gets his rebounds he looks really good but he's just too much usage rate if you lower that and use him and use prime Luca in the right spots then it opens up a lot more things. All right, let's take uh, let's talk a little NFL, and we'll come back uh, to the text talking uh, basketball. If I can find my show sheet that I have written down, things what we're going to talk about. We don't have too much NFL to talk about today. We don't have to go in. We played that sound earlier from Hook 'Em Up, talking a little bit more about the Chiefs and how the Ravens didn't run the football, uh, which we talked about yesterday. You didn't run the football. You you, you broke tendency way too hard, and the Forty ers and the Lions and the calls. And I think Rod did bring up a good point though that their field goal kicker. I bet you they changed that in the offseason. Uh, but a couple points to bring up, and then we'll talk a little tech, uh, Cowboys, and we'll get back to uh, the text line. But uh, first news today, we saw Ben Johnson, who was a favorite for Seattle and for the Commanders. I believe the Commanders really thought they were going to be hiring uh, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator from that Lions team. Uh, he decides that he is stepping away. He is not taking a head coaching job. He will stay the offensive coordinator of the Lions. He has said he is... He wants to bring a Lombardi trophy to Detroit. He wants to bring one. He wants to win one with Dan Campbell. He is faithful to this team. He is loyal to this team. And reports are, as of right now, there's no money extension for him as well, that they did not offer him more money to come back. Now, there are reports that he had a really high asking price, that if he was going to go take this on, he apparently really wanted uh, either a lot of years or a lot of money and a lot of uh, concessions to basically say, I need you to trust me to, you know, I want you to put your money where your mouth is and I don't want to show up here. And then in nine months, you come looking at me and wonder why I haven't been able to turn around the commanders, of the Seahawks and make you Super Bowl contenders. I think he wanted those, especially if it was commanders uh, where he was rumored to be the lead candidate, but he will be staying with the Lions. It is great for Detroit. Uh, that is a big get to keep him, keep some consistency, keep Jared Goff with a, a, a coach that knows him and knows how to get him to play well. Jameer Gibbs looked really good. Another year in this offense for him. David Montgomery, Amon Ross St. Brown, all those people, Sam Laporta, to be able to keep that offense kind of in check and keep it growing is a big step for for Detroit. And Dan Campbell came out today, and he said it was true. What it was true. Hey, you know, we have to start over and go back and win because there's no guarantee we ever make it back to here again. 
we have to work twice as hard. We have to start over because if we think that we're owed this, we're never making it back. And so they're going back, but the fact that Ben Johnson's coming back, the question will be Mike McDonald uh, or Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald's with the Ravens, uh, Aaron Glenn, uh, if he gets a job, he's not really the favorite in Seattle or uh, Washington, but Washington did talk to him a lot. So does Washington call Aaron Glenn now and try and bring him back and try and bring in some of that Detroit uh, blood, and they don't get their guy, but they maybe get their second choice. Mike McDonald is still thought of as the favorite uh, in Seattle, but I've not heard anything come down. If you have, let me know on the text line if that is is happening. Also, the Pittsburgh Steelers have hired Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator. I really don't know how I feel about this because my initial reaction is that's a great hire. My initial reaction is looking at him as just an offensive coordinator, not a head coach, not the person who's going to be in charge of personnel, not the person in charge of the person who is going to be able to go in there and have Mike Tomlin over the top of him, and that coach, I think Arthur Smith could do a really good job of bringing the Pittsburgh style of football that that tough, deep, you know, tough run the ball. You've got two good running backs. We know what he did with an Alabama running back uh, when he was with Tennessee. He made Ryan Tannehill a usable quarterback. If you're able to get that, if you're able to make George Pickens into what you want to make him, what he was having with the success he had with AJ Brown, if you're able to continue to make those pieces step up like he did in Tennessee, then that's a great hire. I think there's concern because of what we saw in Atlanta that now everybody in their fantasy drafts are going to be drafting every backup in Pittsburgh. And if you're drafting the fourth and fifth wide receiver in Pittsburgh, I don't blame you. I see what the trend was in Atlanta, but I think there's parts of it where he may have different say. It's a much different run organization in uh, in Pittsburgh as it is in Atlanta. I, I think it's a good hire. I think it's a good hire to bring him in. And uh, finally, Jerry Jones spoke to the media today, and uh, there was two things he said. One was him defending Mike McCarthy, and the other was saying – we're going to go all in in 2024. We are not even thinking about the future. We're moving. Well, I've been talking about the reason why Jerry Jones will never win a Super Bowl is because he will never go all in. He, in January, is saying he's going all in. He, in January, is promising to make the difference and that all those old times and I'm a different man now than I was then and now we're going all in. I don't buy it for a second, but we'll see if his if his actions meet uh, what he does, if he makes trades during the draft, does he make trades or does he just re-sign Dak and that's going all in? I don't know. Does he just re-sign his players and that's going all in? I don't know, but he's saying he's going all in. He also spoke about why he decided to keep Mike McCarthy. Here's some Jerry Jones sound for you of why Jerry Jones, where he's at with the team and why they're keeping status quo, at least for now. What I would say is, I hope it's not different going into uh, the first playoff game where we've got the second seed. I hope it's not different at all to that point where we got the second seed. Okay, now let's talk about how we might make it different against the, when we play in that game and, and uh, get a win. Okay, we need to stop the run better. And we need to uh, uh, be more uh, physical, and we need to run better. 
be specific. We need uh, to do those kinds, uh, those kinds of things. And so my point is, I look at that, and I look at. Uh, uh, I thought we made a pretty good move four years ago when we hired Mike McCarthy, and he's had some great in-season uh, success. Now he's come up short three times, three times, and advanced us in the playoff. Okay. But I like the fact that he's hanging around the rim. And I like what the team has done to, uh, to hang around the rim. So I think um, uh, what the answer that I would have is that I'm aware that we're hanging around the rim. Uh, we're not getting the ball in, but we're hanging around the rim. Uh, let's don't uh, uh, discount hanging around the rim. And uh, where we are right now with the players we've got. And I'm thinking about it from the whole, whole look. Uh, the real question is, is uh, uh, I'm not doing what I was doing 30 years ago. I'm not doing what I was doing 20 years ago on a personal basis. I think about a lot of things differently. That's important because if I were doing the very same things over the last 30 years, 20 years, okay, uh, then unless you looked at the whole report card, the report card you're seeing about winning in the playoffs, uh, I don't like. There's some other parts of the report card that uh, you don't have privy to that uh, you might like. There's other things in the report card you don't have privy to that you might like. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means the money or whatever else it means, but apparently that's we, we would like that in the report card of Jerry Jones uh, over the past few seasons. Uh, but Jerry now says it's uh, coming out of that is uh, he's changed. He is continuing to morph as a general manager and an owner of a, of a franchise, and he's going to go all in this season. And he also said he really liked that Mike McCarthy was hanging around the rim. Do those words give you any encouragement, Cowboys fans? Do they do that make you feel anything, or is this just another segment of Jerry Jones' January talk? And once we get to the draft, he'll draft his players. He'll make a big story. I'll still say he drafted Deuce Vaughn because he wanted to be on TV and he knew that that was a story and he they had the documentary cameras. And it's not a shot at Deuce Vaughn. I think Deuce Vaughn has a lot of potential to be a good running back and a good change of pace back and in, 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 in some special lineups. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not taking a shot at Deuce Vaughn. I think they had way other needs at running back than Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> and they drafted him because they thought, oh, this will be a great story and I will get on there and they'll raise the, the, the visibility of the Cowboys again. And if you're going to do that, then you can't ever tell me that you're trying to win a Super Bowl because you're not doing everything to win a Super Bowl if you're trying to get on TV first or you're trying to get on a documentary and you're trying to have the best uh, viral moment. If you want that, then don't tell me you're trying to win a Super Bowl. So we'll see. We'll have to wait till draft night probably to see if they make a trade, to see if they go up. Like, look at what the Texans did last year. They, they, they had accumulated picks. And then they traded for the second and then traded up to get the third to get the players they wanted. They went for it and they got up and they made it to the playoffs. They made a run. They made a big step forward. Can the Cowboys make a step forward? I know we can say it's coaching and a little other uh, other small pieces, what they need. But can they make those steps forward? Can they progress further? Now we said you got to stop the run and, and you got to be able to run the ball. We know that, Jerry. But can you do that? Can you go out? Are you going to sign a running back this year? Are you not? Or are you just going to say, Tony Pollard, we like our guys? Is this, is this a whole thing to say we're bringing back Zeke and he's big enough to run the ball? He's going to be the refrigerator Perry? He's going to be defensive tackle and running back? Is that the plan? 
We're bringing back Hankins, and he'll be healthy this year, so that'll fix it. Mozzie Smith, we're going to tell him to go eat over the offseason. We'll be good. I, 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 until I see it, I don't believe it from Jerry Jones. But Cowboys fans, let me know what you think about Jerry saying that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, get back to the text line, 512-447-3776. Keep letting me know what's up on the text line. We'll get to those texts. We come back here on the Sports Complex and the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Don't want to ever turn down Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder, part of our Grammys week, playing artists who have won double-digit Grammys as the Grammys are on Sunday. Never want to turn down Stevie Wonder. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. We'll get back to text on 512-447-3776. Got a good text here. Uh, Patrick, I'm a men's basketball season ticket holder. Great scene last night, but you have talked about this before, and I think it was Nick Shuley who brought this up last week. This isn't a great overall roster. The staff added some nice pieces from the portal last year. But I don't believe they looked at overall roster management. This is the problem. This team has a tough time scoring in half-court sets. They do find scoring with energy uh, off the break, but this team has difficulty finding offense. All right, so there's a couple points to this, and and I agree with you. Uh, And this is partly a young staff trying to figure out how to go into a world where you went into the offseason and you didn't know if Dylan DeSue or Dylan Mitchell or Tyrese Hunter were going to be coming back or not. You knew you were losing Marcus Carr and Christian Bishop and Timmy Allen and, and you know you and Serge Barry Rice. You were losing a big piece of your team, but you don't know if you're losing the whole team that goes to the Elite Eight or pieces of it. And so you're trying to figure out how do I bring guys in to rebuild, but I don't know how many pieces, and I'm going to bring in a Caden Shedrick, who I'm hoping, if Dylan DeSue is gone, can kind of step into that role. But if he's not, or maybe he'll play with him with uh, with. Dylan Mitchell, if Dylan Mitchell leaves or, uh, you know, you had a, you, you, the line of the transfer portal and when you have to go and get these guys versus when guys are making their picks to go to the draft doesn't necessarily line up in a way that helps in roster management. They'll get better with that as teams do. But like Chris Ogden is now the general manager. That's a guy because in today's game, you need more help of more people kind of keeping an eye on what everybody's doing and trying to think of the forward. So roster management is true. It's something you have to keep working on. And I, if I, as far as half court, that's what Max Acemus was supposed to be. Max Acemus was supposed to be a solid 2025 in the half court. And he just hasn't worked out that way every game. Some games he has, but against really tough defenses, he's had more trouble. And, and you know, that's another part is talent. You know, you're trying to go and judge uh, who you're going to find out there where you get a Kendall Weaver and it's a great find because he's a young player. He's got a ton of energy and he's ahead of expectations. 
Uh, you get Azir Konyema, who Rodney Terry knows, and he's just having a hard time playing with the basketball IQ he needs to play with uh, when he gets down there, when he's overmatched physically at points uh, and overmatched athletically, it's kind of harder for him to make the right decision at points, so he's not necessarily getting in the games. Plus, with Brock Cunningham ahead of him playing nine minutes, it's hard to get in there. So you're trying to build the roster in a way that it's difficult to do in today's game. And what really helps is a team like North Carolina that was able to keep some key pieces like R.J. Davis and, and or or Purdue, who's at the top right now, who kept Zach Eady. And if you're able to keep and know these guys are coming back and they come back and you're rebuilding your team, then it's a lot easier. For Texas, they lost a lot of production, and the production they brought back in is good, but it what they didn't know exactly what they needed, and it's a young staff trying to figure it out. They're going to have to continue to grow on that. The good news is nobody really knows how this in you know NBA and the G League now and you know they again they had Ron Holland coming in that was part of their plan was Ron Holland who's playing in the Shooting Stars NBA uh, All Star Weekend for the G League so that's part of it is you know that's another wrinkle that wasn't there two seasons ago that you're now dealing with hey you recruited the number one recruit in, in America cool he's not going to college anymore that wasn't a problem three years ago. So all of those things kind of added up together to snowball into this team not being 100% what you need it to be. However, that doesn't take away from the players on the court. That doesn't take away from the coaches. It doesn't take away, you know, there isn't a, it's not black and white of this is the number one team in the country or this is the worst team who's ever played basketball, fire everyone, get rid of all the players, and next year somehow we'll be the best team in the country. I I don't get the, I, I get you can be upset about it. I don't get calling I don't get calling it garbage. I just don't like that. Uh, but that's for me. Uh, but I do agree with you. The the player management and building it, that's going to have to continue to grow. Uh, you, we'll see what they do in the transfer portal because, again, this year you're losing IT Horton. You're losing Tyrese Hunter. You're losing Max Smith. You're losing Dylan DeSue. You're losing Dylan Mitchell. You're losing Brock Cunningham. I mean, at, like, look at this. Tra- this This is what all but – what you get, you may get Kendall Weaver back, so you get 25 minutes of playing time last night. And then Caden Shedrick, if he's back, uh, I think he's still got another year of eligibility. I could be wrong on that, but I think he's got another year. If he comes back, you get less than a full player's, uh, less than a full 40 minutes of playing time back next season. That's, that's where you're going to have to rebuild this roster is next season. You're probably bringing back, you know, 40, like 35 to 40 minutes a game. Uh, of playing time and they they just weren't they they I think they were thinking well this may be a little bit of a down year and the guys came back and so they tried to scramble to make it a another competitive team because if Dylan DeSue and Dylan Mitchell and Max and, and Max Aceman's you know doesn't come or he's not coming because they're not competitive uh and if all those guys and Tyrese Hunter they all go to the NBA or go on to the next level then this Texas team doesn't have Max Aceman's you're rebuilding Chris Johnson's playing all those young guys are playing right now and you're rebuilding, and it's a different look of a team. And they probably went out in the transfer portal and tried to bring in more sophomores and juniors. They brought in older guys because they were trying to win now. Uh, you know, you just have to keep figuring that out, but that's a new wrinkle in today's game that uh, everyone's trying to figure out. But a great text there. I appreciate that uh, from you there. Uh, going back to the poll of the day, who's the best foreign player of all time? We get another Akeem. Uh, Locksmith Ryan says, Joker has to be one. Yes, Jokic has to be. I mean, you're talking about possibly still the best player in the NBA. I know Joel Embiid is taking over right now uh, in the spotlights. He is putting up huge numbers, but Jokic is right there with him. And, you, and apparently Embiid doesn't want to play against him. It's what we keep seeing. 
Uh, another one says uh, the dream, dream 100%. I mean, Akeem's up there. And, and look, as a Spurs fan, I watched him enough to know he's up there. Uh, Chan says Akeem Olajuwon, best low post moves, great ball handling, and great bounds. He played soccer before basketball. Yes, he did. He played soccer before basketball, and then uh, like by the time he's like 15, 16, he was like, oh, no, this is clearly this is the sport I'm going to play. Uh, Arborhorn81 says best foreign player, Akeem the Dream, only player I ever saw block Jabbar Skyhook, elite at both ends of the court, and he won championships, Arborhorn81. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, I think you guys are pretty on the nose that Olajuwon is up there. It, it would be so much fun to watch him play against Giannis and play against Embiid and play against Joker, like that new generation because he was so ahead of his time of, you know, where you had the players like, uh, you know, Patrick Ewing was kind of more the stereotypical what you wanted in a low post player. And then, you know, you get a Shaq who is dominant underneath but doesn't necessarily have the finesse that Akeem had and the moves that Akeem had. Mark from Taylor wants to come in, Hayden. I was going to send a text, but my hand cramped up again. Uh, <laughs> and Nate says, no need for that, Patrick. I'd much rather hear about monkeys and glory holes. We know Jerry likes to talk about his glory holes. Uh, <laughs> sorry for playing you, yeah, Jerry sounds. Another, uh, he means cash and not encouraged talking about Jerry Jones. Uh, oh, Texas says, I didn't go for a long time during COVID myself. I'm saying you're talking about the dentist. Yeah, go check out Dr. Greg Eichert. Great people. And hey, believe me, it was it was longer than COVID that I've been to the dentist. Uh Dexter says a bunch of times, if Terry can't win at home, he will be gone. I don't think he's going to be gone after this year. And if I think if he is, that's a dumb move. I mean, I know you're you're basically rebuilding the roster again this year, but to give a coach one year and in a really hard conference and he's not been terrible, I get you want to be – you beat Baylor at home last weekend, by the way. You did beat the number nine team in the country in the home last weekend. Uh, you know, you've lost – you should lost two games you shouldn't have lost. You shouldn't have lost to Tech. Uh, and you should have – but Houston, you're the number four team in the country, went to overtime. I'm not – it's not that's not a fireable offense, and I don't think you want to completely rebuild your staff and do all that in basketball when you. I, I think you're okay with keeping Rodney Terry another year and trying to let him rebuild it. Uh, you know, especially because you do have really good recruits coming in, and you don't want to risk losing all of those because you're going in and rebuild. You know, you'd like to have your young guys come out, and that lineup is going to look different next season for sure. Watching this team, I don't see anyone that's going to make it in the NBA. It, it, look, this is like the NFL. In college and pro basketball are two different games, and you're going to get up there. Dylan Mitchell will play in the NBA because of his athleticism and his size, and he's going to be able to get in there. I don't know if he's ever going to be a top guy, but look at, like, uh, uh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, power forward that played for Texas that plays for the Knicks, who I should think of his name because I saw him play up close and personal over and over again. Uh I don't know why I can't think of his name now, uh, but he is. Uh, I'm sure someone can text me in if he, if the power forward that played for Texas uh, under Shaka for four seasons from Minnesota. I know where he's from, and I can't think of his name right now. Uh, that played for the, but he plays for the Knicks now, and he was a guy that was uh, somebody that you were really looking for. Uh, you know that after his freshman season, everybody thought that he was going to be the guy and go in there and play big minutes for in the NBA. It never quite worked out that way. Jericho Sims. I don't know why I couldn't think of that name. Jericho Sims. Uh, but he ends up playing in the NBA, and he plays really well because he falls a role and goes into it. What you're looking with at Dylan Mitchell, he's never going to be an elite scorer, but for somebody that can come in and they say, well, we can teach you how to shoot. We are really good at that. We have the time and the, the patience to teach you how to shoot in the NBA. We'll teach you how to shoot the basketball. 
We just need you to go in there and rebound, which he did rebound well last night. You know, there was missed blockouts, but that's, you know, with growth, again, he's a very young person. He will get older and he'll get better basketball IQ and he'll get better at the game. I, Dylan Mitchell will play at that next level. Dylan DeSue also can play at a higher level. The question will be how much he can fit into it, into an NBA with the skill set he has, how much can he play off of the ball? Max Acemas and Tyrese Hunter are going to be harder because of their size. So that'll be a question if either one of those guys ever really get there. I think Max Acemas may get a shot or two because of his scoring ability, but not sure if he's going to stick around. Tyrese Hunter is going to have to work the hard way defensively to get into the league. Uh, and improve that three-point shooting at that NBA level uh, to be able to get in. But, no, I, I do think Dylan Mitchell especially will be drafted next season. He was going to be drafted this season. Dylan DeSue is an interesting case because he's a really good player. Uh, and I get you can get upset about it and say they're not drafted. But, again, this is someone who's covered NBA for 20 years. Th- those guys are NBA talents. Uh, they're not necessarily star NBA talents. We're not going to go against them and say, well, they're going to be going up against Jokic every night and going at him. But again, we talk in that Jericho Sims range of a guy who gets another contract with the Knicks because he does a lot of things really well, and they like him. Uh, let's see. J- yes, Jericho Sims. I appreciate you guys texting in. I could not think of that name for the life of me. <laughs> Uh, Dravin Petrovic, yes, it was very good. He was nasty before he passed. I agree with that hundred uh, percent. Uh, Ronnie Terry is a jag. I just don't. I don't think we'll fire him. But two years from now, we're all going to go. That guy was a jag again. I, I don't. I, who you guys keep saying this, and I know I've asked, and you guys have given me names of coaches who weren't going to come. Uh, you told me the Purdue coach who was going to leave Zach Eady, the National Player of the Year at Purdue, and come here, which he wasn't going to do. You told me Kelvin Sampson, who came out last year and said he was not leaving Houston, got a new contract there. You said uh, uh, Tony Bennett in Virginia, who said he wasn't coming here. So Eric Musselman was the only one, and Eric Musselman's doing just as well, doing worse than Texas is right now. So I can tell you, we can list off the guys that you thought were going to be the guys last year and are not Jags and are real great coaches. And they're not like it's you can't judge the talent on one season. And he also took us to the Elite Eight, even though none of you will admit it, except for my people on there, my fans, my people will admit it. He took the team to the Elite Eight last season and gets zero credit for it. It's insane that there's a leap in logic that he had something to do with him getting to the Elite Eight. And again, wait, you can text in if, he can't, if Terry can't win at home, he'll be gone. I don't know if you're, that's your phone or not, but you've texted in a lot of times. I appreciate you listening, though. <laughs> Detlef Shrimp, uh, Nate. Yes, a band of horses do have the Detlef Shrimp. Yes, uh, another great foreign player. All right, let's take a last break. If you want to hit us up on the text line, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. If you guys want to jump in, uh, send us a text before we get out of here. We're going to take our last break. We'll come back, wrap it up here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. You're the Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every 10 minutes. I'm very drunk, and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. All right, wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex. Uh, Texter says, uh, 
If you consider the U.S. Virgin Islands foreign, then I would say Tim Duncan. I like that. I like that. I, I wasn't considering it, but I, I like that. I like where your head's at. I'm a, I'm a fan of where your head is at uh, in that one. I'm surprised nobody brought up my man Arvidas Sabonis. I know he came over late, so he wasn't quite the guy he was earlier. But, man, Arvidas, when you watch those that film of him when he was overseas still, he was so good. He was so, he would have been so dominant. He was also ahead of his time by a long time. But that Arvidas Sabonis was one heck of a player. Uh, <laughs> Nate, I can't. Wait, why do you keep sending in stuff I can't read? And Textural says, none of that changes the fact that RT is a jag. And I will say none of that changes the fact that you are wrong. If you're going to be a hater, be a hater. But just say I'm a hater. I'm a hater. I, I, I don't like, I, I you know, I expect Texas basketball to, to be winning a national championship every year, even though that's we've never won one. Let's let's keep throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing it. It'll work one day. We'll get more into it tomorrow, I'm sure. We'll talk a lot more uh, basketball. We'll talk more football. We'll get closer to the Super Bowl. All that fun stuff happening as we continue the journey along here on the Sports Complex. Until then, though, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow for more of the Sports Complex.